welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight, we've got Dave Hilda Pryor, Sugar and Kathy, Paul Thorpe, Tom Bailey, Ricky Hyatt. And me. So let's not waste any time and get straight into it. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of uh, football. Bloody hell! <laughs> let's have a bit more enthusiasm. And you know what that means, Fo- listeners. Football. You know what that means. Bloody when the tone is of that um, tempo. How are you, A.D. Hopper? Oh, absolutely wonderful. <laughs> How the and hell I do guess... you think I am? <laughs> and I guess um, Rick Hyatt is probably in the same mood. Are you, Rick Hyatt? Good evening. Yeah, I had a, I had a great Sunday. England, United and the 49ers all let me down. So it was rubbish. On the flip side, Paul Thorpe's here! Yeah, Paul Thorpe, hey. what a weekend! <laughs> How are you, Mr. David Pryor? Because I'm, I'm feeling very, very, very jolly. Oh, I am as well. And are you feeling the same, Mr. Tom Bailey? I'll Hi, be Tom. honest, I feel very jolly as well. Good evening. What a mix. What a mix we've got on uh, this week's edition of Football Bloody Hell. But of course, we'll get on to all of the excitement that did happen in the Premier League this weekend, because we do have to start, of course, as always, with Yeovil Town. It was um, it was a key day in the calendar, wasn't it, boys, um, on Saturday, because it was the cancer awareness game against Braintree. Um, so we'll, we'll part the result for one moment, obviously Yeovil winning 2-0 and continuing their um, march um, up the table, or HMS piss the league, if I may say so. Um, parking that, parking that just for a moment. Um, it was all about painting the park pink on Saturday. I've, I've been trying to say that over and over again without getting the words in the wrong order. So um, we'll see how far that goes and see how long it, it takes before I before I mess up on that. But painting the park pink was. Um, well, all you boys, I think, Rick, Tom, Thorpey, you you were all there. Thorpey, I'm going to start with you because you were on ambassadorial duty on Saturday and just how much of a community feel was there um, up at the ground at Hewish Park? Because the most important thing um, is that, of course, they have um, the, Yeovil Chari- the Yeovil Hospital Charity, which, of course, was raising money for the new breast care unit. Mm-hmm. Um, has reached its target. So, um, you know, it's just well done by everybody involved. Well, I've got to say, everybody's led from the front. Uh, talk about community spirit. Uh, we, we saw it on Saturday. Loads, loads of people, and I, I say times are hard. Loads of people had the, the new pink shirts. Otherwise, they had pink T-shirts on. They really embraced it. They engulfed the charity stores and were giving over plenty of money whatever they could afford. Um, and uh, even a tenner popped out of my uh, mothball pockets as well um, for, for the cause. And um, it, it, I thought it was absolutely superb. Not only that, the club have given over quite a substantial amount of money to the cause, which I absolutely think is a fantastic gesture because I think the club has, has forked out quite a lot of money since the takeover already. So I, I can only say thank you very much for that lovely gesture as well. And um, I, I was going through the boxes and introducing myself and saying hello and making sure everybody had a lovely day. Um, and, and I thought the atmosphere and the way that they were embracing it in the boxes as well was also extremely uh, lovely to see because, you know, that there, there was some notes coming out of pockets and they say times are hard at the moment. And, um, I, I just thought that everything was just extremely positive about the day, and I can't, I couldn't compliment the Overtown Football Club and the supporters and um, the board 
enough of what they've done to, to promote and make it a successful a successful day, and which I absolutely think it was 100% successful. And like you say, we've now raised the money so that the um, the cancer unit and, and, and the machines can be bought now, which will enhance everything in our lovely town. Yeah, Tom, you were there, as I say, on, on Saturday as well. Did you get the feeling as soon as you walked in and around the grounds that there was a different feel um, about the place, with, of course, it being a really important date in the calendar on Saturday? Yeah, there was a strong family presence, which was nice. Um, really felt quite welcome sort of wherever I went. Um, even going up to do our little bit for, for the radio as well was was lovely, getting to talk about some of our own experiences and, as you say, spreading awareness for a great cause. Um, yeah, it, it just felt like a really nice day, despite the weather. Um, <laughs> I think that's literally the only letdown we had because the rest of the day looked like it went really well. Even the band was great at halftime. The music before the game, I didn't get there too early, but that was really nice as well. Um, so, yeah, and even like everyone going around, it wasn't like um, there was any lack of opportunity to donate. So, um, yeah, I think all in all, very successful day. Rick, what did you think from an attendance perspective? Because obviously um, it, it's, it's a date that we've wanted as many people to get behind the cause as possible. But with it being obviously so close to the game that happened um, against Weymouth, where, of course, we smashed the record for the National League South. And it's been um, documented well as well that the um, the amount of home games that Yeovil had. So obviously that's going to take its toll on everybody's pockets. But um, I think they can be pretty happy with the turnout that they did manage to get on Saturday for their whole event across the day. Especially considering the weather as well. Uh yeah, it's commendable. I, I, 3,700, I think at least mm. uh, 2,000 of those turned up just to see the five-guinea note coming out of Thorpey's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little crowd around him. It's normally me asking for a drink, isn't it, Thorpey, when you do that? <laughs> uh, as I say, the last time I saw my wallet was on the Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it was. It was. That's great. not true. I'm very, 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 very flush with my my. Uh, a very generous human being, Thorpey. I, I like to think so. You are, but um, yeah, considering the weather and everything, it was yeah impressive, impressive turnout. But a lot of that, obviously, for the cause, and a lot of it because there's currently a winning team at Yeovil, and people do like to watch a winning team. So, yeah, all in, all in all, I think all things considered, coming on the back of that many fixtures at home all at once, the weather, which was absolutely shocking, I think everybody, everybody can be very, very proud of what they did on the day. Mm. Age, you'll know from your, from your time at the club as well, just how much of a boost will this give the whole PR of the Oval Town Football Club as well? Because, like, don't get me wrong, it's obviously not about that in terms of the cause that they've done all this for and raising money for the for the breast care unit but at the same token by doing so with all the problems that have been following Yeovil Town Football Club for the last couple of years it will help to just raise their own profile um, from outside of the town as well which has probably uh, gone missing a little bit over the last couple of years yeah well I think it just gives everybody the opportunity to get behind a project and and a you know, a really worthwhile project at that. So I, I think it was it was brilliant. And I mean, you know, Martin has bought into it completely. He's he's thrown the club at it, and the club has come come up with all the necessary uh, backing that they needed. And uh, as Rick said, really, say the weather that sort of mucked up the day, really. And you know, they they've obviously uh, they've obviously made a lot of money for the uh, for the charity, and that's that's fantastic. I think. On the pitch then, Thorpey, the Oval yep. go marching on, 2-0, um, wonderful goal from Matty Worthington and Jake Hyde getting another one to follow on from his key goal that we both said about in commentary on Tuesday against Weymouth. So all in all, a good result, if not necessarily a commanding performance to match, but hey, if you're not playing your best and you get a 2-0 win and you keep 
that cushion at the top of the table, it can't be bad. I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought it was so, so similar to the Weymouth game. You know, we started well, uh, dominated um, possession, uh, if it wasn't for chances. We'd like the ball to have moved around a little bit quicker, but I think the conditions really sort of like stopped that a little bit. Um, got our first goal, didn't kill them off when we could have done. Again, uh, they then got the chances, came a little bit more into it, had chances to score. Again, there was one that went flashing right the way across the box and they nearly got on the far post, which was, again, similar to the Weymouth. And then they then getting, uh, like I say, Jake Hyde getting his goal um, at, the, at the end to keep his little uh, run going. So, all in all, uh, a pretty good um, perform, you know, professional performance in a way. Although, like you say, it could have been enlightened a little bit, but I've got to say, I do think the conditions uh, played a big part in that because later on in the game, it got it got very, very wet and the ball wasn't rolling quite as fluently as, as it possibly could anyway. So, but at any day, listen, I, I just think I don't care how they do it, as long as they keep winning um, and get up to the, you know, back to the conference... Listen, performances sometimes uh, don't go... Listen, we'd all like dynamic football, wouldn't we? Um, but if we can't get it, I want to win. And that's exactly what we're doing at the moment. So, yeah, the the, the substitutions were good. A fantastic goal from Matty Worthington again. I thought his performance was really good. Um, yeah, I just think all in all, a good day. And when you when you send the phone fans home happy, happy with a 2-0 win... You know, after the, the FA Cup game, I think everything's going home, going home happy. Rick, you're on comms for for Free Valleys. What did you make of the overall performance uh, to go with the result? And um, my second question is: Do you remember any of those stunning stats from George Marshall James's book of stats <laughs> that he seemed was... to have with him this weekend? I didn't know that that many numbers existed. He'd been doing all, all this research, bless him. He did, he did a good job on Saturday. Yeah, George. he did. It sounded really good. It's that, uh, that book. Sorry, just jumping in. That book's going to be worth a fortune. <laughs> that that well, book it, is going to be worth a fortune. Which it's nice, nice to have somebody uh, doing commentary for once who actually had some numbers to back up what they were saying, <laughs> rather than just the sort of nonsense that we normally normally. That's get. a di- that's a dig at all of us, isn't it? How yeah. rude. <laughs> How rude. I was primar- primarily uh, referring to myself, but I mean, if you feel that the cat fits, then, then <laughs> so be it. But, S- swap roles on Saturday, Rick. You be main comms. <laughs> no, I just, I just read out some numbers. That's all you've always got to do. It's easy. Or team sheets, or team sheets that George threw you on on Saturday. Yeah, I walked in straight away, and the first thing was, "Oh, and Rick's going to do the tingle." Blimey, O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> But um, as far as the performance goes, their performance, not mine. Mine was shocking, as usual. But uh, it's one of those games that you have if you're going to win a league. The, re- the performance yes. doesn't really matter. It got the job done. There, were, there was standing water on the, on the pitch come the finish. It was that, it was that saturated yeah. mm. that you could see it every time somebody was uh, putting their foot through it. That there, there was, was concerns about the pitch anyway, Rick. Was there any yeah. danger at any point of... The referee looking closely at it. No, and I don't, was there any, I don't close, any it was, closures or anything like that? No, I don't think it got to that stage. It was just very heavy, and that was that was the thing. Really, it wasn't cutting up. It wasn't dangerous underfoot or whatever. Although there were a couple of challenges that started a, a couple of meters further back than they would have done, and there was a bit of sliding going on. But it was just one of those games that you have to get through if you're going to win a league. And I think that's what the uh, what the boys are looking to do now. I mean, Matty Worthington's growing into his role as a captain now. He's looking more and more like a leader every time. Some finish every time as well, he does. That, that that was a naughty finish. That did not belong in the National League South. That finish. No, agree with that. That that could have been in any division anywhere. Mm. The composure to do it. It's probably the type of finish, Rick, where the keeper, even though he's punched it away and it's not a great clearance, he probably thinks that he I've thinks done enough right. there. He's yeah. got a couple of fellas, couple of fellas behind him, and no, Matty did that to to perfection. So fair play. To, if he's chipping in with goals now as well, the forwards are all literally fucking yeah, uh, yeah. He's chipping it in. Well done. Keep I up. can't. I, 
I can't tell you. I can't tell you how difficult what he did is to get that right and get it absolutely perfect. I couldn't quite. I couldn't quite tell on the oh. replay whether or not he hit it on the bounce or whether it did. No, it was a, it was a volley. But, but but to get that perfect, I, I I swear you not. It's it is literally one of the most difficult things to get a little volley because it could come off the bottom of your foot, the right hand side, letting it on the, off of the heel. To get that composure, to get your balance, With the conditions as well that Rick well, said about. You, you, yeah. you think about it. He's on one. He's on one leg. He's got his balance to get off. He's got to get you know, the right power through the ball to get it the right height to get it right into the top top corner. When there's somebody right on the line, I can't tell you how difficult. And Rick's bang on. That is so far above the level of football that we're playing at the moment. And um, that would that would easily. You, you, you see people miss that in the championship. It's easier to do it these days than it was when you were playing, Thorpe, because, of course, they don't have those boots that come up over their ankles <laughs> and the footballs are about a stone and a half lighter than they were when you were playing. So it's a bit how, easier these days. How rude. How rude. <laughs> Tom, from your perspective, you were in the, you were in the Thatchers, weren't you, watching it? Um, was there Not any today. groans or anything oh. at the... Um, from amongst the fans at all with how the game was starting to go in the second half or was it all pretty pretty composed from from the um, from the stands uh, i'm afraid thatcher's report was actually um on standby i was in the uh, screwfix stand with my dad um from where i was sat, that. Though, <laughs> from where i was sat though um no i think everyone was they're pretty content to be honest i think after they'd seen us sit out well sit our way through weymouth and see that we we can hold on to leads like that i think people are starting to warm to the idea that if we've got a lead and we don't really need to push push much further if we're comfortable then why bother going after it and especially like like we've touched on already with the conditions it wasn't like either side was going to get that far with, with their attacking exploits so yeah i think um at least where I was sat, everyone seemed pretty okay with just sitting back. I think there was a, a bit of a question about why we switched to a five back so early, but seeing how they attacked, I think we still made the right call uh, and the substitutions were made at, at probably the right time as well. Um, so I think all in all, it was, um, again, I think there weren't really too many grumbles around us. Again, people are starting to warm to the idea that I think now we've, we're showing that Mark Cooper showed that he knows what he's doing. And the fans need to trust him. And I think slowly that trust is coming back. AD, there was a few eyebrows raised with the um, the team sheets that came in that, that Rick so eloquently read out on Saturday afternoon. Um, with the fact that um, Reese Murphy and Jake Hyde were both out of the starting 11. He had made quite a few changes as Sonny Cox, the new signing got a debut but is that just a case of identifying certain games in a season where you just try and rotate some of the squad as best you can and utilize the full players that you've got at your disposal yeah and i think you know what you've got to realize is that we just see a load of names but mark cooper knows a lot more about those names and why he's putting them in the team there could be some that are carrying small knocks not enough to keep them out perhaps but enough to perhaps, you know, curtail their ability on the pitch a little bit. So I think the fact that he, he you know, he's very careful with his team selection. He's, he's you know, he's spreading it about. He's keeping them all fairly fit and that's important. So I think that, and the thing about um, um, Matty Worthington is that, uh, you know, it wasn't just the fact that it was a very difficult technique to, to complete and do it successfully. But I think the fact that, that, you know, Matt's a quiet sort of bloke, isn't he, really? We, we've had him on the, on shows, and he's a nice guy, but he's he's quiet. And uh, it shows you he's got the confidence to go and try something like that when it was difficult and bring it off absolutely magnificently. So, you know, well done, Matty, if you're listening. It was brilliant, mate. Well done. Dorpy? Yeah, no, just one thing about the Reese Murphy uh, not not being a squad. I think he, I, I think I'm right in saying that he's one booking away from a suspension. So by if he'd have got a booking uh, on Saturday, I wouldn't have been eligible for the FA Cup game. So I think he was being protected. Maybe With the wrong. conditions that was probably wise as well. Yeah, exactly, because he's yeah. always like in the referee's face a little bit, and he and um, 
So I think the manager was protecting because next week is a massive, massive game. I think it's uh, it's worth around about 40, 50 grand. So it, I, I think that he was protecting him for that, that uh, reason. Because obviously once he gets that book in, I don't think it's going to be far away, in all fairness. Um, and Jake Hyde, I, I thought... The one thing I, I say about Jake Hyde is that he doesn't hold the ball up well enough for me at the moment. He needs to work on that. But when he came on, I thought he did a really good job. And, um, you know, I thought he took his goal really, really well. Good work from uh, Big Noobs in the build-up to that because he was in oh. his own half, facing his own goal when he picked the ball up. Yeah, yeah. and it, well, he actually went back 10, 15 yards yeah. into Aaron and everybody was having a, having a shout at him, get rid of it, get rid of it. And all of a sudden he turned inside, opened up the legs, created space and from then on the goal was absolutely fantastic Next up then Fioval, um Tom Bailey, I'm going to give you a little plug now because you're going to be in action on Wednesday? Wednesday, it is Wednesday isn't it? For the Somerset Premier Cup uh, Tom Bailey who did such a such a fantastic job first time around solo that um, we've decided that we're we're going to try and, and get in some company this time around, and you'll be able to listen to that on Three Valleys Radio on Wednesday. So, Tom, you you ready for that one? As ready as anyone else could be, I think. Um, yeah. You've expecting, got the the, expecting the under-18s to play, or do you think there might be a couple of fringe ex- players that get put in there this week? I'd expect so, especially with Gateshead on Saturday. Um, I don't think they could afford to... Uh... The upside is it's grass, so... In theory, Staunton could play. Whether they would go for something like that, I, I'm not so sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think there's, there's, it's nice that they've got the option at least. Um, but no, it means that um, our listeners have got a lovely option. They can either listen to Football Bloody Hell when that drops or they can tune in to myself. So, um, <laughs> oh, What a side. social dilemma for the <laughs> listeners of Three Valleys Radio. A conundrum. But um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be a nice evening, I think. And last point on Yeovil as well. I'm sure that our listeners would have um, seen today that the FA Trophy draw has been announced. And Yeovil, mm-hmm. would you believe it, Torquay United away. Just a quick one on that, Rick Hyatt. <laughs> it's, it's a nice little extra for the fans, isn't it? Nice that for the ground staff that it's away for a change. There have been an awful lot of games played at home just recently. But yeah, there's no reason why, why Yeovil can't go and win that one. Quickly on Torquay aid, have you spoken to uh, Mr. Johnson recently? Because um, it does look like that things are not all that they appear to be from the outside looking in, under a uh, bit of pressure there. I haven't actually spoken to Gary uh, for a few weeks now, um, but I'm sure that the uh, the you know the FA Trophy is a special trophy to Gary, because of course it was uh, uh, you know Yeovil won it when he was in charge yeah. and. Uh, I don't think anybody that was involved on that day will forget it. I certainly won't. Uh, it was my first big, uh, big game really when I'd been working there, and um, yeah, we all went off to um, uh, what's it called, um, the Belfry, for a golf tournament beforehand, and and you know it was just a fantastic time for the club, and uh, I'm sure that Gary will will know that. Of course he will, and he'll be extra keen to. Um, to get a trophy, or at least get a trophy on the board, but you know, get a victory in it and move on in the in the competition, uh, because I think you know at the moment they could do with a bit of a lift somewhere along the line. They're not playing perhaps quite as as well as he would have hoped. So uh, uh, yeah, you know, I think it'll uh, it'll it'll bring out the best in Torquay United. That's for certain. So then that's all on the oval um, for now. As we dive into the review of the Premier League from this weekend. And it was a Friday night fixture that kicked it all off. Adol, I'll stick with you because Spurs, they win again, this time 2-1 at Crystal Palace. Palace did pull one back, which is disappointing for anyone who had a Spurs defender in their fantasy team, just like me. But um, mm-hmm. from a Spurs perspective, it's similar to Oval, really, Aid. It might not have been a really commanding performance, but it's a job done and um, continue to sit at the top of the table. Yeah, well, I do hasten to add that, uh, as I've mentioned it before, <clears throat> when we, we played, when United played Spurs, I did make the point then that 
Spurs were looking a really good side to me, and that was only after one game, I think. And I, I thought then they looked they looked useful, and they're still looking useful. And uh, Ange is doing a bloody good job there, I think. Um, you know, I don't think anybody expects him to be quite as successful as he's been, but uh, he's 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 you know he's turned them into a very workmanlike and exciting side. But uh, uh, is it going to carry on? That's the point. Time will tell, won't it? Really. Yeah, Rick, we'll come to you next. There's been a lot of um, talk over the weekend about whether or not they do actually have any um, title credentials. But what I would say to that, the difference is, I think, so far this season is, yeah, OK, you could look at it and say, you know, Spurs should be winning at places like Palace. But they're now getting maximum points against these type in, in these types of games nine times out of ten now. Um, whereas before, these are the types of games where they would drop points. So obviously, if they can pick up maximums in all of these types of games, particularly away from home, then they're going to be in and amongst the mix, even if it's you know top four this season. Winning ugly, isn't it? And that's what the better teams, the most successful teams do. That not everything, as we've discussed with Yeovil, you know, it's not a vintage performance, but mixing it up and getting a result and grinding one out, and uh, yeah, they they'll they should. They'll be very disappointed if they don't finish in a Champions League spot. They won't win the league because they're Spurs. Fair enough. <laughs> Tom Bailey, do you do you agree on the um, Spurs stance, I guess I can put it, in terms of um, title credentials versus top four possibilities? You've got to get to about April before you can seriously be considered a title challenger at this point because City are just relentless and inevitable. And as we saw with Arsenal, you get to March and people are saying they're sort of almost nailed on. And then it I was happens. one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's too early to call it just yet. No one can really. Uh, City are the true title contender because we just know they'll be there. After all, they've um, somewhat dishonestly made their way to the top. Um, whereas the rest are kind of you could see them drop off at some point somehow as we saw with Liverpool last year. So, um, yeah, I think it's too early to call them title contenders, but they'll definitely be a top four contender for sure because there's no way you can have this sort of start and then fall off that catastrophically. I mean, we're a quarter of the way through the season now. So um, I think it's looking good for them at the moment, at least for, for top four. And if absolute minimum, they'll get European football. Thorpe, in terms of the players, um, Madison and Son, that looks particularly tasty at the moment. Oh, on fire. I mean, I was just looking at their, their squad, their, their team now, and, um, you know, there's some big changes that he's made. I mean, you've only got Ben Davis that is in from the, the, the original back four. That's the please. You've got uh, the lad um, Van, Van der Ven, who is, is like really um, playing out of his skin. And I've just lost the team now, excuse me a minute. But um, um, and he, he, with his combination with, um, is it Romario next to him, is, is key. And that, that looks really, really solid, doesn't it? Um, also, what's really evident as well is that the keeper's not making so many mistakes. There are a lot of problems with mistakes from keepers last year. You know, and Vicario now is making some fine saves and looking very, very um, prominent in that in that area. But uh, like you like you said, you know, um, Madison and Son they combine so well with Kuliszewski as well, and he seems to be really, really enjoying his football there. And um, you know, and, and and Son's really stepped up the plate after his old mates, you know, gone off to score half wayline goals up over in Germany. Have some and... finish as well, wasn't it? From <laughs> yeah. An amazing event. But, I mean, I, I, I've got to say, I really enjoy watching uh, Spurs play. Because, like I say, even if they don't have a tremendous performance, they're grinding out results. And that, that mentality that he's uh, woven into that squad is going to be very, very vital. And you've got to remember, he's, he's used to winning stuff, um, the manager. So, you know, why not the Premier League? You know, listen, it all changed when Leicester won it, and could could Spurs do it? Absolutely, of course they could do it. I think he will need to add to the squad, um, but I think it's very, very exciting times for any, any Spurs fans. 
Okay, so I like to do these things in uh, chronological order. So uh, I think next um, I'll go That's to quite the last game. Well, but That's I think tonight, <laughs> tonight I will go to um, Sunday 3.30. I oh, think that sounds about right. I want to make sure that you boys get ample opportunity oh. to talk about it so it's not all squeezed in at the end because I'm sure that the listeners will want to get all your views right at the very start. So, so thoughtful of you. <laughs> I'm just thinking of our listeners' aid. You wouldn't want me to do it any other way. No. So, um, Manchester United nil, City 3. It all started with the penalty in the first Shut half. Shut up, Thorpey! Can you stop Thorpey <laughs> laughing? Well, it was just the... the... The facial expression of David Pryor and the way that he's... he's Let me try and get through this properly. United, Manchester United nil, Manchester City three. <laughs> Let me get I through this. Apologize. I do apologise. Let me get through this or I'll never be able to do it. 50 lashes for me. <laughs> it was a penalty which, in my opinion... No, it wasn't. Was one, which one comes into, it's a soft yes. Which... Oh. I do kind of, I do agree that it's one of those where you kind of think "Mm, you could probably have about 20 penalties a game. Um, But whether or not that comes into it, I'll let you boys decide that when you have your opinion. Um, I thought Ten Hag's substitutions were absolutely abysmal. I don't really quite understand what what he was trying to do. Um, City, in the end, they were just, they just too good i think it, it never really looked a contest ten hag thought it was in the first half i suppose by definition only being one nil it was but i'm not so sure when they get a goal so early in the second half as well it then sort of kills it dead then doesn't it for the rest of the game um i did think as well that um the petulance started to come through i mean rick i know you've said that you know a good fernandez he does deserve to be captain and I'm being serious now because he does he does some good stuff off the like away from the pitch and he's embraced being in Manchester and all these sorts of things but when he goes he goes and I don't know maybe it's easy for us to look at it from the outside looking in but everybody was like the petulance of Anthony when he came on when he started was it um Doku who he really went for um I don't really yeah. understand where that where that where that came from and probably a little bit lucky with um, with his little swipe as well. But yeah, I think it, it was just as routine as it got, particularly in the end. But I will start from the Manchester United perspective then, Rick, because how long into the game did you start to sort of slip behind your sofa watching this? I enjoyed the first six minutes very much. <laughs> After that, it got somewhat worse. Uh, obviously, it's not a penalty. It never will be a penalty because if it is then you're getting 15 penalties and there's a penalty at every corner. It's Mike my... Dean kept saying 100% yes. <laughs> and Gary wasn't saying anything every well, time that, he said it. If that doesn't confirm that it's the wrong decision, uh, then nothing will. I mean, I don't. what I don't want to do is there are a number of things that I can point out that annoyed me during the game, but it's not to make excuses against... Uh, United's performance said it on the pod last week. They're going to get battered. It happened. Uh, just Does anyone know if Rodri's okay, though? Because the way he went mm-hmm. down under that nasty challenge, and he squealed as well. There was a, there was a funny thing. There was a thing going around on social media that Sky's... Uh, well, they used to have Soccer AM. They've now got this awful YouTubers nonsense build-up thing before. And there was a debate between two YouTubers as to uh, who was the better player in the Premier League, Roy Keane or Rodri. Rodri isn't fit to lace Roy Keane's <laughs> boots no. at any stage of his career ever. For starting, <laughs> he's done it for one season. And if you go down like he did then, then he's appalling. He's just dreadful. So he's, he's nothing in comparison to Roy Keane. Uh, I would rather have Dan James playing on the right side than Anthony for Man United. As one point, uh, not that I wanted to. He got a couple him. of goals at the weekend, actually. Yeah, he did. No, again, that's looking like great business, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Not that I want to defend Anthony because I would be quite happy never to see him wearing a United shirt again. 
But if uh, Doku tried to put his fingers up my nose, I'd have a swipe at him as well. He's a little. <laughs> also, the, the other thing that seems nobody seems to have picked up on, if you look at the a clip, I'm trying to avoid talking about the football as much as possible. <laughs> much mm. in the way that United played on Sunday. But if you look at the clip where um, Foden puts his head into Amrabat, trying to get him sent off, if you mm. look at that, if you just roll that on a bit, Grealish comes across out of nowhere and whacks Amrabat in the chest, punches him in the chest, and nobody's mentioned it at all. And I don't want to be one of these people saying, if this had been the other way around, but if it had been the other way around, <laughs> if it had been Casemiro... Do with the voice again. No, that, that's a one-off. But had that been Casemiro, he'd, he'd have been sent to Alcatraz, to Alcatraz, Alcatraz, till the end of the season. That was—it's just ridiculous. City have already broken the system. They've—they—they've cheated the way to where they are now, and it seems that during matches, they get everything going. People were looking at that penalty. You had to look out for it. If we're getting to the stage now where you're looking out for things like that, rather than VAR is there to correct clear and obvious errors. That wasn't a clear and obvious error. Apart from Rodri's mum. No, no I, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's only on <laughs> when you see it again that, you, <laughs> yeah, that you, you look at it and you think it's just one of those that you would scream for, I think. I would certainly scream for it. Rodri like, Oh, yeah, he's pulled him back. Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah, I would definitely be screaming for it. Um, uh, just another you... couple of quick points before before yeah, go Adrian goes off on one. Uh, Alan Shearer, if he had the opportunities that Haaland gets, he would have scored 100 goals this season already. So people can stop wetting their pants about him. And also, for him to, uh, if he needs telling, the reason that the United fans were uh, shouting Kino as you went to uh, take your penalty was because I was yeah. in the stand, I was in the stand, on the day when Roy Keane sorted your cowardly little dad out with his big mouth calling people out for feigning injuries. They were possibly referring to that. Horrible family. Move on. I've got so many problems with <laughs> but everything I've just said. Eddie, <laughs> just... your turn. <laughs> but City did deserve to win. There you go. What can I say? Um, well, the first thing is, if you've got a team that's malfunctioning, which frankly they were, big time, you change it. Um, but you change it before the game starts, not halfway through, and then you make such terrible changes anyway. I mean, the moment I saw, you know, Martial appeared on the line, I, at that point, and it didn't really matter because he wasn't going to turn the game. But, you know, we, we, we hear about um, Hannibal, we hear about this... Um, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Mayo. What's, what's the one? You know the, the guy I mean, Rick. What's it? How do you pronounce Bobby his Mayne. name? No, the other guy. He has, he's Mayne. been injured. Kirby Mayo. Yeah, him. I mean, you, he's apparently he's match fit now. Um, Garnacho never seems... never heard of him. If you're he's relying played... on him, then... <laughs> he, Adrian, you say he's, he's fit. He's, he played one half against... Um, Munich or someone in Copenhagen. In yeah, but he, he must have half a game in him, Rick. He must have half a game. If you're going to get on the bench, he's going to have half a game in him. So I would have, I would have picked him. So you Garnacho... want to put him in that and crucify him? Pardon? You, if you put him into that game, then yeah, he's the lad with is pros, he's a good prospect. You chuck him in there, and the, he, he gets made to look ridiculous, and you and you crucify the lad before he's had a chance. He's well, not going to win I, you a I game don't... against City. No, but it's it's not just one player. It's it's more than that. Garnacho, he he should have been starting the game and he didn't. Um, I quite agree with yeah. you about Anthony. I I mean the bloke's just eighty million pound. We were stitched up big time there for certain. It, it's just a team he keeps picking. I just can't get my head around it at all. Um, I, I I thought that Ericsson is has been playing not bad lately, but in that particular game, we were so open. Nobody marked anybody. It was just, it was just appalling to sit there and watch it. The language <laughs> deteriorated rapidly in my household. I can tell you. <laughs> it, well, it you did. Surprised I mean, me. You just you just sit there and you just cringe at some of the passes that are made. And you know, football's quite a simple game, really, and we don't seem to be able to get the hang of it at all. So it's, it's just. Very, very disappointing. 
thing, is, thing that, that came game, out of it was um, was uh, Anana's pulled off three or four saves yeah. to yeah, at yeah, least yeah, yeah. Uh, you know um, bring him back to some sort of level of sanity because he did he did have a terrible patch when he was letting those balls in but just the last two or three games he's seen he really come to himself now and he seems quite a good player but you know the whole game was this tribute to Bobby Charlton. Had he not passed away last week, he probably could have got a game. Mm. <laughs> and not been the worst player on the pitch. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, and we got a big one again on Wednesday night against Newcastle, which, uh, all right, I don't think Newcastle are in the same you know, league as Manchester City are, but it's not going to be an easy game to come back from, that's for sure. So I just hope I'm happier on Wednesday night than I was on Sunday afternoon. I did have an issue with Sky Sports coverage of this over the weekend. And now I realise that not everybody has Sky Sports subscriptions these days and you can find football many different ways. And I'm not here to uh, condone any way in which you may or may not watch your football out there in the uh, listenership of Three Valleys Radio. But for anyone who was watching the Sky Sports coverage... Um, <laughs> Sky have done a lot for football. We know this. They were the, um, you know, the pioneers of getting Premier League off the ground, et cetera, et cetera. But it it seems to me that they do like to uh, create debate for the sake of um, likes and follows and all these things on Thanks. social media. Because the row, I don't know if you've seen it, between Genev and Cara over the ownership of Manchester United... It seems to me that we only get these arguments when we're talking about Manchester United. They never happen at any yeah. other time. And, and I, I, don't, I don't think that's really opinion. I think that is just fact, that it only really happens. These huge debates where they all pretend they don't like each other. And it, it, it's just all for show, really, for me. Thorpey, did you see any of this? Uh, no, no, I didn't see any of that, that there. I sort of switched over by then. Tom? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, 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 there's no point in me commenting. I, Tom, did yeah. you see any of this? Uh, I didn't listen to it, but I saw that there was a, a, a meltdown, you could say. Um, I mean, I'm going to come out and say it because a lot of people would probably Come on, disagree. football bloody hell, hard-hitting stuff, come on. I wish the Premier League didn't <laughs> exist. I wish... We continued with Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, II, Division Four, because money is the crux of all, is the root of all evil. It's ruined football because we were the first to do it. We're gonna flood it with money and get the best players here and all that stuff, which on paper sounds great, but then it turns into just a money game. It's all it is. It's just money. It's just whoever has the most money, as we're seeing, as Manchester money. City. Uh, <laughs> It's it's rubbish. It's rubbish. Do you not think, Tom, do you think that they're actually destroying their own product now? It's getting to a point where it's getting close. And the yeah. fact that even last week, which I didn't get, we didn't touch too much on, but Everton are facing a 12-point deduction for financial fair play issues. Where the hell, what's going to happen to Manchester City? That's for one offence. Exactly. That's for one offence and they're facing 12 points. 115, that works out... Well, over a thousand point deduction. Where's that going to put them? Well, it... yeah, but as long as it's not dealt with, it's not going to put them anywhere, is it? And they exactly. just got somebody's ignoring it, and they're delaying it and delaying it. And allowed, as Tom said previously, they've got themselves in a position be through this, through this foul play, and they're allowed to maintain that as if it's normal, and there's no punishment for them. Twelve it's times one hundred and fifteen is one thousand three hundred and eighty points. There you go. <laughs> I think that'll put them below Yeovil. <laughs> it's... Um, ju I just want to bring it back to obviously the game, Thorpe. So, what what did you make of the uh, the performance of well either side really? Just very quickly uh, to Tom's uh, thing, I think it's really important. Football uh, was in dire straits before Sky took over, so we have to give them some credit for revitalising um, the higher levels um, of, of of football and bringing it to a, a new wave. What they're doing now, uh, I can't comment on because it's a different sky, take, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's, different a, different, sky. it's a different sky now because 
they 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 reinvigorated football, which they've done with a lot of other sports. And you've got to give them credit where credit's due. And that's them piling loads of money at it. So we can't just stick the knife into them too much because football was in a bad way, and lots of football clubs were 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 in financial ruin really. Where now they're fluctuating, and oh sorry, you know they're just. Flourishing, sorry, in, in, it's more uh, just in a different way, coffee, really, and how yeah. they how they the co- um, yeah. rile yeah. debates so for the sake of they, it because you they, don't they, get anything like that on any other broadcaster. No, listen, they're doing exactly what the newspapers do, they? they're creating uh, the good and the bad and the ugly yeah. to, for the sake of instead of just complementing the truth, which is quite boring at times because they're always looking for something, anyway. Going back to the football. I said it was all about the manager. Bearing in mind, we're going to have to quicken this up as we've done far too much Very on this quickly, game. Sorry. I said it was all about the manager <laughs> and I said it was all about what he should, his, his set-up play would be. How can you, against Grealish, Alvarez, Foden, Rodri and Silva, who are very mobile, right, be put in a massive great big hole. They played four across the back. Eriksson, who ain't the quickest, bless him. Amarat, Amarat was, was probably isolated. Who had... Fernandez, who generally plays in the middle of midfield, played out on the right, isolated. Scott McTominay, otherwise known as somebody else, <laughs> right, alias, right, playing in as like a number ten role. And Rashford, who really his body language has gone back to normal, he doesn't look interested, right. And I do not know why that is. I think he doesn't want to play for this manager. So what it does, it creates a big hole in the middle of their midfield. And what I said they should have done is gone four at the back with a little bit of mobility. I possibly wouldn't have played. Um, I possibly wouldn't have played Maguire in this game, apart from his height, because of the mobility of of Haaland. I might have put uh, in there um, Varane, right? But in the middle of midfield, I'd also, I definitely would have played Ganacho. I definitely would have played Hannibal, because I think he's a little ferret. And he's an aggressive little ferret as well. And I'd have said, we're going to play this really high pressing. And I want you to press, 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 press. And then I can change it later on. I thought his setup play was absolutely atrocious. And if that's the way he's going to go, he needs to go. But as a Liverpool fan, keep him for him as long as you like. But <laughs> as, as a Manchester United fan, he's about as good as the Glazers. I'm afraid I've got to agree with that. I mean, Did you know, I do it quick enough? I get slaughtered at home by my boys because I have the audacity to suggest that Ten Hag should go. But just lately, I mean, I've just seen nothing to in- enthuse me at all with him. If you listen to him in the hour after, all he does is say, we didn't do this in the game, we didn't do that in the game. He, does, he, he, he just tells you what they haven't done in the game. Those players must feel like well, not just worthless that. Paul, at times. He was there going, saying, "Oh, I thought we did very well." well I mean, he's careful. Yeah, he's careful. He must be going to want to counter him, and we've, and we've got, no, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time think, for this. Listen, if he thinks no, he, no Thorfie, we don't. <laughs> if he thinks he's done well in the first half, I'm telling you now, he's deluded. Yeah, he's I deluded. agree. He is. He's, I, he's lost the plot. And I'm actually starting to feel really sorry for you, Man United fans, because. You do deserve a lot better, and it's not happening. But keep him for as long as you like. I just say one thing about that. Yeah, probably a good idea to sack him, and then eighteen months time sack the next one, then eighteen months time sack the next one, then eighteen months sack the next one. I'm yeah, bored but what, with it. what comes first, relegation or sacking the manager? Well, sooner or later, sooner or later, you've got to stick with somebody. He hasn't got everything right, but I don't see there's a better alternative out there, and I don't want to go through this again. Mm, Move yeah. on. <laughs> I think the listeners will be thinking that we go through this every week with yeah, I know. what everybody has to say about it's Manchester Groundhog United. Day. But, Deja um, all over again. It, it, yeah, it is, it is. It is like that. But I mean, we'll, uh, we'll uh, see listen, what happens next week. Liverpool had a really, really bad time, but I don't think it was as bad as what's going on here. I mean, your bloody ground's falling apart. We never let our ground pull it. We knocked a lot of it down and rebuilt it again. But what's going on in that club is criminal. It's, it's actually, I think criminal what's going on there you know as soon as these people get them out of football i'd much i would much rather you be taken over by qatar and they'll have qatar against them in you know the united arab emirates 
you know, and and because at least you would they would be pumping money back into football, um, the the way maybe not the way you want, Rick, but at least it would be a far far better organisation than what you've got at the moment because just taking money out of a football club to put into your own pockets is despicable and putting nothing into community, nothing into your ground. It's absolutely disgusting. Agreed. And that's from a Liverpool fan. Agreed. It's a disgrace. Chelsea Brentford, Tom Bailey. Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... What can I say about Chelsea? Um, about the same as you said about Man United, I should think. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not it's it's not looking good. Um, again, I have I can't say I've watched much of any of the weekend football to be honest. But I mean, looking at this momentum chart, it's very familiar of a lot of huff and puff and nothing to show for it. Uh, Brentford's doing their normal thing, sitting back, just taking their chances when we get it. I mean, and Buemo got a goal, so I'm sure many, um, many a oh. fancy football fan will be happy with that, Mister Mister Pryor. Um, but yeah, it it feels like it's one step forward, two steps back at the moment for Chelsea, and I think they will get there. That's the difference with Chelsea at the moment compared to United is that I think they will eventually get there, and I can see them turning something around, even if it's like eighth. I'm sure they'd be happy with eighth, considering the start they've had. So. Um, and then just build from there. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not looking great at the moment, but um, there's signs. There's signs of life. Rick, I think you might have been the only panelist on Wednesday who said that that Brentford would get something, um, calling a draw, and um, it it turned out to be the perfect counter-attacking performance, really. Um, but I just wanted to quickly touch on Neil Mope because he's having a real horrible time in front of goal, bless him. And even when he's got the entirety of a half to run into, he still didn't want to shoot. And I don't think he even passed it, did he? It kind of got stuck between him and the goalkeeper before he released it to Inbermo. But yeah, he's struggling. Neil Brentford. <laughs> he's struggling, but it could be worse. He could be Mudrich. And then, you know, you're never going to get any better. But it is just delightful, just very, very quickly. Welcome back, Chelsea. They had a brief hiatus of one game where they played well, but they're back. The funniest team in the Premier League are back. <laughs> are they the funniest team, Rick? I'm not so sure oh, about that. Yeah, from where I'm sat, they are. They're not the most <laughs> bloody annoying team. I know who that is. Um. Aid, we spoke about the fact that Brentford have been a little bit more down than up this season, but that's that's a result that can sort of uh, kick things back into gear from them. And not only that, that's three wins in a row at Stamford Bridge since they've been promoted into the Premier League. That's some going. Yeah, it is. And I must admit, I like Thomas Frank. I think he's a, a very frank manager. Um, but uh, <laughs> every time I watch Brentford... We're back! We're I, back! I, I can't help but... Uh, Looking at Brentford and thinking, not that many years ago, I, well, we were playing them at Wembley in in the uh, League One yeah. playoff, and we went up to the Championship. And yet, look at Brentford now, and look at Yeovil now. It's, it's it's phenomenal, really, what they've done uh, at Brentford. At least Yeovil were top of their table. Well, uh, they, they are. That's true, but they're too far down. That's the problem. But, yeah, you um, tell them, Dave. but no, but Brentford are doing doing very well. They've got obviously they've got a system. They seem to know where to get the decent players from. And then Thomas Frank moulds them into a team. And at the moment, they're looking quite good. All right, they're still quite low down in the table and they need a few more positive results, but they ain't doing too bad. And to win three on the belt at Chelsea away is, uh, is quite an achievement, I would have thought, if you're Brentford. Are you querying that, Rick? I didn't think it was 3-0. I thought it was 2, but carry on. No, I said to win three on the belt, three games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's why I was querying because I thought it was you were saying it was two years in a row rather than three. But yeah, no, I think it's no, 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 it's good. No, that's good. I wish Thomas Frank would shut his mouth when he's chewing his gum, though. He needs to study Fergie a bit more. <laughs> Paul Thorpe, I want to talk Arsenal Sheffield. Um, I think Rick, in fact, said it was going to be five nil to Arsenal. So, uh, so well done. I don't know if you do remember Hooray, saying that. Or not. I got one right. <laughs> But um, Thorpey, Eddie Nketiah, he got a hat trick. Um, is he one of the one of those players that are 
a really good squad player for a team that's playing well, like almost kind of like your your Divock Origi type in in which he was a really good impact player for Liverpool. He came in, did a job, but if he was to go somewhere else, he might not be as prolific. Do you sort of see what I'm what I mean by that comment? Does he fall into that category? Well, if you're playing for a better side, you're going to get more chances, aren't you? For, for sure. If he went to a Bournemouth, you know, like one of our ex uh, um, Liverpool players, who's now scoring a, a few more, and he's done a fantastic job. But he, he, I, I think he's, I think he's slightly better than that. I think he's, um, I, I, you know, I think that he's a very good finisher, um, and I, and I think that he, you know, if he does want full time football. He could be picked up by somebody like West Ham or whatever, and I think he'd do quite a good job. I think he's a really, really good, um, very, very good finisher, and I thought his goals were magnificent. Um, and he's also a team player. You know, I think that, that the way he showed that, that could, he could have easily... Like Alan Shearer would never given that penalty up. He'd have taken it and taken the four goals. Hmm. Um, maybe that's the ruthlessness that Nketiah needs, but I certainly think that he's doing a magnificent job and... Uh, you know, listen, I, there was just no way that Sheffield were getting anything from that game. You know, and again, that, that could be a managerial um, sack in very soon, I think. We've only got around 10 minutes left, so I'm not going to be able to speak to all of you individually against each of the next games. So um, I will come to Mr Bailey next for Bournemouth beating Burnley in the Battle of the Bees. Um, <coughs> Thorpey thought Burnley might get a win. AD said Bournemouth. Not sure what Rick said. Might have gone a one-all draw just from memory. I'm not sure. But Tom, a great win for the home side and a hell of a finish from Mr. Billing. Massive. Not that you've seen it, probably. Not that no, I've, I've seen it, that. no. I will, I will take your word for it. I trust Philip Billing uh, to uh, stonk one in from however far out. Um, it wasn't yeah, exactly that. <laughs> I, um, massive win for Bournemouth. I don't really know where Burnley go from here because... They don't want to end up with a wooden spoon of, of coming last. Not that you're going to have that much of a... You're going to have a challenge with Sheffield United who um, don't look good at all. Um, but Bournemouth, yeah, huge, huge win for them. Um, whether there's signs of life in there yet, we don't know. Um, I don't remember who Bournemouth have got next, but um, I can imagine it's good. They've got City away, so any signs of a resuscitation is uh, gone straight away. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose they'll just have to take it game by game at this point, but they've shown they can win, so that's going to be big for their season, certainly at the end of the year. AD Wolves Newcastle two-two draw. I think we all said it was going to be relatively close with the fact that you take the European um, excursions out of Newcastle and Gary O'Neill doing a pretty decent job with the players he's got as a disposable at disposal. It's I think it's one of those where two-two is probably a good result all round, really. Yeah, I think that South uh, South Korea guy that plays for Wolves scored, scored, scored the second goal. Um, yeah. He looks as though he's going to start pushing Son at this rate as a uh, a member of the South Korean community. As he, I thought he took the goal quite well, and uh, yeah, you know they're looking all right. I think Wolves, especially when you consider they couldn't. Um, what's he doing now? He's having a bloody fit there or something, can he? He's going to push him as a member of the South Korean community. I think he is a member of the South well, Korean community. Well, what's wrong with the bloody statement then? <laughs> he's already, he is a member by virtue of being South Korean. He is a member of the South Korean community. Well, so what? <laughs> I don't see your Please I, push I, it. I don't see your like argument. You push anyone. If we were like to... you are a member of the English community, Rick Hyatt. Yeah, if I we were to did. pick you up on every mistake you make, you'd certainly bloody cringe in your chair. So shut up and get on with it. Right, where was I? <laughs> toss pot. Um, oh, uh, you're yeah. talking about Huang. I think that was six. That's right. Six yeah, yeah. He's, got now. he's a member he's of, a the member of the South Korean, Korean community. community. Remember that? <laughs> um, but there you go. Um, yeah, I didn't think Newcastle looked that good. To be fair, I hope they maintain that form on Wednesday night and uh, give us a chance well, to get quite. some pride back. Um, as for Wolves, I mean, Gary O'Neill's not doing a bad job there. Basically, I mean. You know, you would have at certain stages of this season, you wouldn't have given them a chance to beat anybody, but they're certainly coming on a bit at the moment. At so, the end of the game, eight. At the end of the game, did uh, did Gary O'Neill acknowledge Mad Dog, or did he ignore him again? Did he what? Acknowledge Mad Dog. Jason Tindall. 
the bronzed Adonis that is Jason well, Tindall. Yeah, I, didn't I don't see. get worked up about such no. trivialities as Jason bloody Tyndall anyway. So <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. I didn't didn't watch it. <laughs> no, I didn't okay. see if there I didn't see if there was a snob um uh, in that game. I didn't see that. Um I'm guessing not because there was nothing about it in social nah. media and that's normally where you find all these sorts of things. Um Rick, I'll stick with you because West Ham Everton was on course to be an <laughs> absolute um snooze fest, I'll say, until uh Calvert Lewin got a lovely little tidy finish and a really key performance um for the away side. Well, West Ham really let down the Cockney community. And they didn't actually turn up, did they? So, amazing result, really. Everton, fair play to them. There wasn't an awful lot in that in that game. Carver-Lewin got the opportunity, took it. But David, David Moyes, the European genius, he's got, he's got to be disappointed with that that performance because that was a real, real damp squib of a performance. Firing blanks at the moment, aren't they? A little bit. Antonio doesn't look up to it anymore. So... Yeah, that might be a bit of a concern for the Cockney community. Aston Villa-Luton, um, Thorpe, we knew that this was probably going to be a difficult game um, for Luton with the form that Villa are in, particularly at home. Um, Luton did get on the score sheet virtual of a really bizarre goal at the end where the defender headed it back against his own crossbar and it <laughs> smacked back in off of the goalkeeper. But Villa probably could have won by a lot more if they had um, gotten, gone into another gear. Yeah, I, I think Luton just um, played them at the wrong time. Uh, you know, they, they listen, Luton tried really, really hard. Um, but there was just too much quality in the in the Villa play, I think. And they played, but they, they, just by their first goal, it was like four or five one-touch passes. McGinn then just checks to the right and slots it home. I, I yeah, I'm, I wasn't surprised. Like you said, it could have been a lot more. And um, as much as Luton are trying so very, very hard, which I applaud, they just haven't got the the. Uh, There's a bit of a gap of emerging now that Bournemouth have won. I know it's really early, yeah. but I think it's like a five-point gap, is it, between 18th um, and 17th? Uh, let's have... Uh, We've got to be a bit careful now. Point between 18th and 17th is then four up to 16th, which ah. is Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. A, well, yeah, talk, yeah. talking of Forest and Tom, um, Liverpool Forest. Let Let's do them. It turned out to be a pretty comfortable afternoon in the end for the Red Men. Oh God, uh, I've I've gone to the wrong game. Hang on, there we go. Um, yeah, good good game for uh, Liverpool. All three of the front three getting a goal. Uh, on... Thorpe he's left his microphone on as he's left to deal with the barking dog. So <laughs> that's what you can hear, listeners. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> um... Barking dogs a pub. I think you'll find Hilda. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it was a good game for uh, the front three. All three of them get a goal. Nice to see Nunes getting a, on the score sheet once again. Nice to see Salah getting on the score sheet that wasn't a penalty. Rick Hyatt. Um, yeah, I very nearly nothing... messaged Rick saying, oh, this is weird. It doesn't say P in brackets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next to his name. Shobra <laughs> um, Slide being absolutely nuts again. Um, I can't speak highly enough of him. And McAllister sounds like he had a really good game as well. Um, I suppose it's just going to have to see if they can continue it going from... I mean, Dominic Schaubuchle, I didn't expect to join Liverpool and then end up getting changed in a caravan in Luton. So, right, I don't move know. on. We'll... We're over time already. Oh, well, All okay. right, last, <laughs> la- last one then. Um, to That real rip-roaring game between Brighton and Fulham made. 1-1. One, one. Mm, what can you say about it? Not a lot, really, can you? Brighton seem to be in a bit of a dundrum at the moment, though, don't they? I mean, when did they last win a game? Must have been a European game against Ajax, I suspect. Um, yeah, not yeah, I know Thorpe, I know Thorpe mentioned on the, on Wednesday that um, Ajax would have still been a, a tricky game because of their name. But we're talking an Ajax team that they've got like five points or something. Like we're talking yeah. almost odds on for relegation type situation at Ajax. It's don't know what's going on there. Well, if, if things go well, you can quite see Eric Ten Hag moving back to the Ajax again. Oh, well. <laughs> it could could come around about the right time, by the way it's looking. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that seems a good place to finish, gentlemen, for this evening. So, um, Mr Thorpe, I'll start with you. Thank you very much for joining us. And what My was pleasure. a very enlightening edition of Football Bloody Hell this week. <laughs> it was feisty tonight, wasn't it? It was feisty. I can't think why. Tom Bailey, thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you very much as ever. 
And Rick Hyatt, thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully we'll speak to you again in a couple of days' time. You're a horrible man. I am. It's All what the three of you are horrible. Me. Not half as horrible as you. I'm lovely. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and a good, very good evening from myself, Dave Pryor and A.D. Hopper. You're dying to get out of here. So sign us off. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, all you Reds out there, it'll be a little bit better midweek. So, until then, this is AD saying bye from football. Bloody hell.